0: Excellent. How's everyone doing today? Very good. Yeah, I am super excited to be with you all today. Excellent message, Mac, by the way. Let's give Mac a round of applause. Yeah, that's great. First of all, does everybody have a workbook? No, okay. If you don't have a workbook, uh, raise your hand. And then I have my helpers back there, Malachi and Anila. We have some people with their hands raised. If you can make sure that they get a notebook. Yeah, let's grab some notebooks for them. So this is for you to keep. I would encourage you not to read ahead. Uh, I know that's kind of the natural tendency is, oh yeah, let's see what's coming. Got it. (laughs) On to the next thing. Um, So I'll tell you a funny story while your hands are up. um, I remember the first time that I was asked to consult. So this was about 10 years ago, and I was a full-time store manager for, um, as Dominic just shared, I work for Starbucks and I was going to school full time in Southern California, in Long Beach. And I had one of my customers who was a well-to-do business owner who was opening up another restaurant and asked me, will you consult? And I said, no, I said, I really, I had two kids. My wife said, don't forget to tell that part. I, have two, I had two kids, I said, I am super busy. Uh, I write papers on all my days off. Um, work is stressful. And they said, we just need you for a few hours. And I said, no, I mean, he says, we'll pay you. I said, no, I really appreciate it, but I'm going to have to decline. He says, we'll pay you $1,000. I said, actually, I'm available this Saturday. (laughs) So, uh, So that was my first consulting gig. Um, and so um, now my role and I'll, I'll explain a little bit about my role but um, my role is actual district manager slash business consultant. so that's what I do so today's message is not gonna be a sermon I, I hate to break your heart um, it's not gonna be a sermon it's it's about your professional development really your personal and your professional development so I also want to thank Michael ahead of time um, I have a lot of slides so um, you'll have to see my clicking gesture. So um, clicking gesture. <laughs> OK, perfect. OK. Um, so a little bit about myself. Can you guys see that? Okay. I'm about to say is, oh, who's he? Like why is he up here speaking? Um, I've been in the retail food industry, as you can see for 21 years. Um, currently a district manager. Um, been with my company for over 14 years. I transferred from Los Angeles. So uh, who's been to Los Angeles? Okay, everybody knows why I transferred then, right? (laughs) Less crime, less traffic, less air pollution, less crowds, uh, closer to the outdoors. Um, I mean, what more? I mean, we don't have a Costco here. That's about the only downfall. Or no Trader Joe's. But, you know, I think the benefits outweigh the negatives. Um, So requested to transfer out here. Um, I am married. I I now have four children. So, and they are all helping me today. So thank you, kids. I appreciate your help. Um, Yeah, round of applause for the kids. Seriously. So... In my previous role as a district manager, I had between 350 and 500 direct reports. I oversaw between 35 to $50 million in annual sales per year. And I share that with you just to let you know that when you deal with people, you begin to learn some things about life, especially when they're at the minimum wage level. Uh, You learn a lot of things about how to manage and also how to help people rise to the next level. And so... um, Graduated from California State University Long Beach with a degree in American studies with the emphasis on hospitality and hotel management. At one point I thought I wanted to go for uh, biochemistry or a doctor and then I saw that we had to do differential equations and I switched (laughs) it over to history. Uh, So I'm here to help you guys win your race. Awesome. Awesome. So, who has heard of Roger Bannister? Great. We have a few people that have heard of Roger Bannister. So I always like to share this story. I share this with my team whenever I take over a new market because the first step to succeeding is believing that success is possible, right? And so, yeah, you can write that one down. That's a good one. Um, So Roger Bannister, he was the first person to break the four-minute mile. So four minutes, so the mile had been tracked since 1850, right? That's when we have accurate times that have been recorded. I'm sure that the mile has been run since Roman times, but the records that we have are from 1850s. For many years, people believed that it was impossible, that it was physically impossible for the human body to run faster than four minutes. Many people tried. Doctors would say you can't do it. In 1954, Roger Bannister broke the four-minute mile and ran it in three minutes and 59 seconds. Now here is here's the fascinating part of the story. 46 days later, so think 1850 to 1950, 100 years, right? Nobody had done it. They didn't think it was possible. One person does it. 46 days later, another athlete broke Roger Bannister's record and by 1960, so just six years later, 20 athletes had run the mile in less than 40 minutes. How is it that for nearly 100 years, since times were recorded, no one was able to run the mile in less than four minutes, and then within six years, the record was broken by 20 people? How is that? I'm, I'm, I'm like Mac. I, I need some interaction here. Amen. I had to believe know. it was possible. Right? Rich says they had to believe it was possible. They saw somebody do it. Mm-hmm. I was talking to my cousin the other day, and he was sharing, nowadays, every single high school has somebody that can run the mile in four minutes. Oh, yeah. Right? Wow. So that's so that's the first step. I, before we get into some of the things we're going to talk about today, I really want that to sink in. And, and for, for you, what is what is your four-minute mile? What's your four-minute mile? What is the thing that... People have told you it's not possible. Or even worse, you've told yourself it's not possible. Think about that. I gave you, uh, inside your notebook, there is a blank piece of paper so you can take some additional notes. This, you know, like everything else in life, you will get out of this, whatever you put into it. Um, So, be thinking. Once Roger Bannister broke the four-minute mile, people believed that it was possible. So, belief is the starting point. So we're going to do an activity. So everybody go ahead and get up out of your seats if you would be so kind. So inside your book, before you put your book down, you should have some sticky pads. So everybody get their sticky pads out. Does anybody not have sticky pads? I got it. I have a bunch here. sticky Sticky pads for Mr. Greg up here. Anybody back here need sticky pads? Okay, so let's go find a space next to the wall. And then, so here's the thing. Try to find a space with actual wall and not sound uh, barrier, whatever that is. Acoustic tile. (laughs) Thank you. See, I, I can only rise as high as my level of competence with acoustic tile. I'll remember that. Okay, good, good, good. I'll give everybody a second to get there. Yeah, take as many. Okay, we're going to do an activity. This activity involves uh, reaching and jumping. Okay, so here's my disclaimer. If you have a bad ankle, if you have a bad knee, if you can't jump for whatever reason... Uh, If you have respiratory problems, I feel like one of those commercials. If you have cardiac issues, then don't feel pressured to participate in this activity. The last thing I want is for somebody to hurt themselves. Are we clear on that? Okay, good. Okay, so with that disclaimer out, everybody take one notepad, one sticky pad. Everybody got their sticky pad? Okay, show it to me. Okay, what I want you to do is I want you to see this activity. It says, reach for your personal best. First of all, who, who has done this activity? No, if you've done it, don't tell your friends about it. Okay, take, OK, now take this sticky pad. And here's my one request from you. I'm going to tell you to do something. I just want you to do your best. Can you guys do that for me? Yep. Just do your best. That's all I ask. Don't try to do better than your neighbor. Just do your personal best. Take this sticky pad and place it as high as you can on the wall, okay go, as high, as high as you can, okay, okay, good, wow that's actually pretty high over there, that's amazing, okay, okay good, 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 yeah good, see I didn't say no chairs, so that's good, Using the noggin. I love it. Okay, so I have to say that I'm pretty impressed where I see some of those. Okay? But the most impressive thing is that you did your best, right? Okay. In life, a lot of times, you do your best, right? Somebody says, do your best, whether it's leading a help service or whether it's working or whatever you're doing. And you think to yourself, I'm going to give it my best. But do you really give it your best? Take another sticky pad. Take the second sticky pad. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go 10% higher. And if you, I gave you a handful. You guys got a couple there. You got a couple. I gave you more more than two so you can use it. Okay, look at that, okay, good, good, okay, that's awesome, okay, good, so was <laughs> look at that, that's amazing, we're going to see him on the ceiling pretty soon here, okay, now here's a question I have for everybody, You feel free to answer me, did you do better, who did better the second time? But I thought I said to do your best on the first time, right? So what does this tell you about human behavior? I wasn't quite going that direction, but we can do more than we think we're capable of, right? I used to do this activity with my team. I said, I want 10% more growth this year. And they're like, oh. and I said, remember this activity? Yeah. Okay. Anybody have any sticky pads left? Here we go. I want you to go 10% higher. Okay? And if you're out of sticky pads, ask for one for a neighbor. Okay, let's do it. Look at that. Did you go higher? A Little bit. Do you need more? Who needs another sticky pad? There you go. See, there we go, right? Now we're using this beautiful gray matter between our ears. Look at that. I saw it, my friend. You don't have to get too high there. I actually saw that went higher. Anybody need more sticky pads? I'm getting a little feedback, by, by the way. Okay. Now I'm going to ask you guys a question. Who was able to go higher on that third time? Raise your hand. <laughs> Raise your hand if you were able to go higher on the third time. Raise your hand if you were able to go higher. Look at that. So I would say and I think if the wall was higher over here, I think you guys would have actually gone actually higher. <laughs> <laughs> so what Now, wait a second. I thought I said, do your best on the first one. And then we said, let's go better on the second one. 10%. And now, at least 50% or more raised their hand that they were able to go higher on the third one. Now, take a look. I want everybody to look at your sticky pad. Just look and see where it is. Your highest one. Okay. You see where your highest sticky pad is? What if I would have told you When we first started, I want you to jump and put your sticky pad right there. How many? And I've done this activity many times. I've done it before. And you know what? That's when the excuses start coming out. I can't do it. It's too high. I have a bad ankle. Uh, I'm tired. I don't feel like jumping today. I'm embarrassed to jump. You know what I tell them? That's great. I need 10% higher. These are just all excuses. Right? Come on. So now, out of um, interest of the HELPS team, if you can take your sticky pad off, can you take it off? (laughs) If not, I I will actually get a chair and uh, take it off later. Uh, Yeah, grab your sticky pads. If if you can't reach one, that's not a problem. Yeah, and then when when you're done, we're not going to go 10% higher. I've given you guys enough for the day. You guys can come and grab a seat. a wall. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's the limiting factor there. <laughs> it it's like the wall limits us. We need a higher wall in life, right? That's the there principle. Yeah. I'll wait for everybody to get back to their seat. Okay, how's everybody feeling? Good? You guys got a little exercise, a little blood flowing to the brain? I achieved two things with that one, right? We teach you how to go higher and we also get the blood flowing, right? So let's connect about that activity for a second so we don't let the, um, the key learning of the moment pass us by. What, what were your key takeaways from that? This is where you guys feel free to respond. Try harder the first time. Terry? Try harder the first time. Try harder the first time? Thank you more motivation you can always go higher higher. never give up up. you see some of the people using chairs you got you use your resources use your resources that's awesome yeah use help help. that's a great one that's actually key what you said i mean you didn't think the first time to ask for help right I've actually seen some groups where they're like hoisting each other up as high as they can to put it up there. Or they're giving all of their sticky pads to the person that jumps the highest and they're just putting it up there, right? I didn't put any, you know, limitations or any rules or any and that's how life goes, right? What else do we learn from that activity? Your first goal might help you to see how to achieve more on the next goal. Yeah. That's just kind of a baseline, right? I'm gonna do my best and then I know I'm gonna do better. Yeah. Right? so let me ask you a question what right now is your sticky pad in life what are you pushing yourself to be better at Mm -hmm. what are you trying to achieve and you've jumped up there the first time maybe I saw some of your guys sticky pads they actually fell off but you didn't leave them on the ground right you picked them back up be thinking about that is it, it? it developing a deeper prayer life is it reading the Word every day? Is it losing 10 or 15 or 100 pounds? Is it attending church on Wednesday nights? Is it getting to bed at 10.30, 9.30, waking up at 5 a.m.? What is it? What is it that you feel like the Lord's calling you to do that you think you're doing your best? Just remember this activity. That's good. Okay. Let's read some scripture. I am a believer. I believe that the foundation of every single business principle is God's Word. Right? And the Lord has definitely blessed me. And I say that it's because of, it's because of the Word. So let's turn in our Bibles. Hopefully we brought our Bibles today. Our handheld devices. To Hebrews 12 verse 1. Okay. Therefore since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, we must get rid of every weight and sin that clings so closely and run with endurance the race that is set before us. I love this verse. It talks about the difference between a weight and a sin. Sometimes we have things in life. The other day, pastors preached a message about uh, drinking alcohol, right? And um, and I was 100% aligned with him, I, th- I feel like that is not uh, the best and the highest, right? But some people will say, oh, it's allowable. So you may say it's not a sin, but I would say it's definitely a weight, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Let's lay aside every weight and sin that so easily besets us, right? Think about the weights. What are weights in life? I mean, not quite a sin, but a weight. You said things that slow us down, right? I would say for me, is playing chess online. I love to play chess. I have 101 excuses on how it engages the brain. But at the end of the day, it's a waste of time. Right? Is it... My wife said amen. Yeah, it, is, it, is, it a, is it a sin? No. Amen. But, but it is a weight, right? Like Pastor was talking about earlier. Watching TV for... I think watching TV for 40 hours a week is a sin, but that's my opinion. But watching TV is not a sin. I would even say smoking is not a sin. It'll get you to heaven quicker, but it is a, it's a weight, right? So be thinking about the weights. Today, like, my, my goal really is not to preach to you. My goal is to help you identify those weights in your life and to eliminate them and continually move forward. Let's take a look at another verse here. So we'll turn to Ephesians uh, verses 5 and 16. I have the Amplified Version. Therefore, see that you walk carefully, living life with honor, purpose, and courage, shunning those who tolerate and enable evil, not as the unwise, but as wise, sensible, intelligent, discerning people, making the very most of your time on earth. And recognizing and taking advantage of each opportunity and using it with wisdom and diligence because the days are filled with evil. I feel like there's a theme here at the church in the past month or six months. Who was here for Keith Moore? Right. Wonderful message. Keith talked a lot about using your time wisely. Right. The pastor has been talking about what lately? Understanding a little bit. The will of God, redeeming the time, making the most. Pastor, you go by Pastor Mac, Mac Daddy, uh, 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 was talking about making the making the most of your time. And I'm not going to come up here and proclaim that I am speaking on the behalf of the Lord. Uh, but what I will say is that the Lord is using a lot of different voices to get his message. And I do believe that we are in the last times. I don't know how you can look at things that are happening worldwide with Israel and Iran and the Just the, the declining moral standards of the world And not see that the Lord is returning soon And I think that we just need to have that mindset When we're thinking about What are we doing with our time on a day-to-day basis right. Are we making the most When you stand before the Lord on that day And you're going to actually realize All these things, they didn't matter yeah. What I did for the Lord is what counted the most yeah. but, but we have to do it little by little That's the principle. We can't just say, I have 101 goals, I'm going to go do them next week. That's a recipe for failure, right? So I hear a lot of times pastors teaching about excellence, and I I did a lot of teaching about excellence with my, my team. And so the practical side of it is what besets people. How do you go about living a life of excellence, not perfection, but a life of excellence step by step? To where in three months, you're in a different place. In six months, you're in a different place. In five years, you're in a different place. Good. That's why I call it. We're going to continually rise higher. Right? I think about it. in 2008, I made a commitment to pay the tithe. Prior to 2008, I believed in paying the tithe. But I would do, and maybe some of you found yourself in the situation where like, you get your paycheck and then you like, oh, this, that, and then I forgot to pay the tithe. And so I double up on it, next paycheck. And then third paycheck out, I'm like tripling up on it. then I can't afford it. So I'm cutting it in half and I owe the Lord. And so I just made that commitment. Every single paycheck, I'm going to pay the tithe. And so I said, what's standing in the way of that? Well, a lot of times I get to church, I don't have cash on me. So I ordered a checkbook. had to have someone show me, how do you do a checkbook? Right? Right. So you have to think, what are the obstacles that are overcoming? Right. And so this year, that's not my focus. That's not my focus to improve on paying the tithe. Right. Right. Now, does it mean I'm better or worse than anybody? No. It just means that I'm on to something different. Right. We're laying the foundation little by little. Right. So I'm sure most of you are much further along spiritually, but you have to think, what is the next thing? Right. What is the next thing? And so let's look at an activity called the urgency versus important matrix so who has heard of this matrix before yeah i know i did a uh just kind of a little background pastor found out a little bit about my my career history and my background and he asked me to do a little bit of consulting with the church Um, and so i shared this activity with some of the church leaders and um, he really got a lot of value out of it i would i would say hopefully. Uh, they invited me back, so I took that as a good thing. And so, um, so we're going to take a look at an activity called the important versus... And even if you've done this activity before, I know some of you have done this activity, you still get value out of it every single time you do it. So um, we look at important and not important. Next slide. So we see urgent non-urgent, important versus non-important. So, I'm going to explain this to you. We have four quadrants up there. All of life's activities fall into one of these four quadrants, right? So, the first quadrant is urgent and important. The second quadrant is not urgent, but important. The third quadrant is not important, but urgent. And the fourth quadrant is not important and not urgent. Okay, does that make sense so far? Are we tracking on that? Let's go ahead and uh, flip to the next slide. So what are some examples in each quadrant? Give me an example of an activity, and and we'll walk through it, that would be both urgent and important. What's that? Like getting clothing? Well, wearing clothing. Yeah, so I would say definitely urgent and important. Yeah, awesome. Uh, thank you for that. Um, what else? Eating. Eating. Yeah, okay, perfect. Paying your bills on time. Paying your bills on time. That's awesome. That's definitely urgent, and it's important if you want to continue to have clothing. Right? <laughs> what else? Being at work on time. Being at work on time. That's a great one. Urgent and important. Okay? Be filled with... The Be filled with so I would say the... I would say yes, but the, the caveat with that is it is definitely important, but I think some people don't realize the urgency, right. Right. right? right. But I definitely agree it's urgent and important. So then let's talk about the not urgent quadrant number two, not urgent, but important activities, praying, praying right? There's, if you don't pray today, is anything going to happen today? Realistically, no. The Lord is merciful. Potentially. But not necessarily, like, they're not going to come and foreclose on your house. Right. Right? Like, if you don't pay your mortgage. Right? right? What else would be important but not urgent? Uh, non-fasting. Non fasting. Okay. Yeah. Non fasting. Eating. Okay. Perfect. What else? Maybe a bill that's not due yet. A bill that's not due yet, potentially, right? Maybe education. Education. Education, knowledge, reading, maintenance, out. vehicles, right? So being proactive about that. Working out, exercising, right? Reading your Bible. Reading your Bible. Amen, brother. Is that important? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is that urgent? No. no. I mean, the reality is it should be urgent, but it's not. And sometimes in life we have to create urgency. Right. But the, the reality is if you don't read the Bible, you're, you're not going to benefit, but there's not something urgent that's going to make you do that. And I really want us to zoom in on, the, on Quadrant 2 activities. These are, the, these are the keys to life. Now let's talk about Quadrant 3. What is urgent but not important? <laughs> Recreation. I would actually say that recreations do have value. Right? So uh, let's think a little deeper. Think in a work setting or maybe in a business setting. Who, who creates urgency? Other people. Other people, right? Yeah, you need to do this. You yeah. Do so this is urgent for you, however, this is not important for me. And sometimes we get caught in what? People pleasing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So if we're people pleasing, then we are living our life in the urgent but not important category. Right? If your boss tells you to do it, it's important. Trust me. Right. So don't, don't use this on your boss. it's not urgent, not important. Uh, if your boss tells you to do it, be a, good, be a good worker. What is not important and not urgent? Video games. Video games. TV. TV. What else? Playing chess on your phone. <laughs> Playing chess on your phone, thank you. Uh, what else? Social media. Ding, 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 ding. Right? right. Time Total time wasters. Not urgent and not important. Now, listen. There, are, there is value in recreation, right? It de-stresses. So, I'm not going to say, like my wife would probably say, fishing is both not urgent and not important. I would actually say it's important. Oh, I, 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 would say, I would say that it is important. Uh, maybe not for 12 hours, but, you know. It, it, so, you know, I'm not trying to oversimplify this. But the goal is that we understand. Next slide. So, this will break it down for you. So if you can see there, activities that are important and urgent. Crises, emergencies, deadline-driven projects, last-minute preparations. Not urgent, but important. Spiritual growth and service, important relationships, good health practices, big picture planning for the future, financial planning, (coughs) recreations, hobbies. We see quadrant three, uh, interruptions, some calls, emails, texts, some meetings, I actually told my boss that too, have you read the book Death by Meeting? He didn't see the humor in that. Uh, some invitations, some obligations, obsessively checking off tasks, and then not important, not urgent, trivia, callers, time wasters, social media, uh, watching TV. Okay, now that we all feel like we have a good understanding of those quadrants. Next slide. Okay, now open up your binder. So again, does, does anybody need a binder? that didn't get one? Feel free to raise your hand. Okay, we need, we need one more binder up here. Okay, perfect. Yeah, yeah my uh, assistant, Maokai. Okay, you can get one of this gentleman right here. Okay, so inside there, you will see an activity like this, or a worksheet's better. You guys have binders? You guys need one? Okay, good. You see this, this everybody have this worksheet? Yes. But now, who needs pins? Raise your hand. Okay, we need some pins right over here. Anybody else need a pin? I, I got a hundred of them. Anybody need a new pin? No. Okay. So we're going to take not quite five minutes, but we're going to take a few minutes to fill this out. So here's the, the connection for you. I want you to fill this out based on your personal life, right? You're going to take notes and you're going to write things inside this. Don't write anything generic like social media. If you struggle with looking at Facebook too much, write Facebook on there, right? Um, if something's important, don't just say exercise. You might say playing racquetball with a friend, right? Be as specific as possible, whatever is re- uh, relative to your personal life. So go ahead. I'm going to give you a couple minutes. Sure. Okay, got it. Yeah, we'll get to the other activity in a moment. Good question. Just this page for now. Okay, one more minute. 20 seconds make sure you get stuff in quadrant four too if you haven't got there yet okay so I'll give a couple seconds for everybody to wrap it up Uh, next slide we're going to talk a little bit about the results of each quadrant. We're going to do an activity here you Just save that information. We're going to use that in a second, but I want to give you guys a bit of an understanding about what are the results of each quadrant, right? So if you live your life in these quadrants predominantly, these are the, uh, these are the experiences that you will have. <clears throat> if you live your life in quadrant one, it's going to be stress, burnout, anger, feeling trapped or used, health problems. If you live your life in quadrant two, you're going to feel spiritual growth and service, great relationships, good physical health, financial health, living on purpose, life balance, peace, and joy. Now, of course, nobody wants to live in quadrant one. Nobody would say, I want stress, burnout, and anger, and all the above, right? How do you, how do you move um, quadrant one activities to quadrant two? Deciding is part of it, but there's a key strategy involved for moving and it's it's on your paper It's in the blue line. The first one says do it now. What does it say above squat? It. Schedule it yeah. right, so we all have calendars on our phone Right, so if you if you uh, schedule your bills to be paid Automatically or to be paid ahead of time and you're 15 days in advance and you just pay it every month because you have a system and a Routine is that an urgent? Activity no, no. if you miss it you still have 14 more days Right, so the goal is schedule as much as you possibly can. Now we did it actually a fairly in-depth uh, training on scheduling and, and Outlook when we did our uh, business uh, consultation for the church. I'm not going to go into that much detail for for you, but I will say the power of the calendar. Right, make sure we all have them on our iPhones. We all have them on our uh, what is it, Android? Um, And so use it. It is a tool for you to use. And if you want to get activities out of Quadrant One and into Quadrant Two, just schedule them. That's the key. So for example, I don't stress out about changing the filter on my air conditioning system, because I have a calendar reminder that pops up every six months. Right? I don't worry about the filter on my fridge, because I have a calendar reminder. Right? So uh, I'm not saying I have everything dialed in, but I'm saying there's just certain things that you just put them on a calendar reminder and don't worry about it anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay, Quadrants three and four, uh, frustration, aimlessness, short-term focus, lack of progress, feeling used or trapped, feeling like you have no control in life. <laughs> like I always say, if you, if you do this, get help. <laughs> uh, and then um, quadrant four, lots of wasted time, feelings of regret or guilt, very little sense of purpose, and sometimes depression. Right? I think we've all felt that. Maybe even, like we said, it's not necessarily sin, it's a weight. Maybe you spent too much time reading the news. And now you feel defiled because you heard every bad thing that happened in the world today. Mm -hmm. Right? And you feel like, what else could I have done? I'm just saying hypothetically. (laughs) Uh, Now, next slide. Strategies for each quadrant. Okay? So, strategy. Uh, Avoid most of quadrant one. Right? Mm -hmm. Activities by planning ahead. Reserve quadrant one for emergencies. If you're truly trapped in quadrant one, such as a job, then you have to find a way to change it. Everything in my life is urgent. You have control over that. And that's the important thing to remember. Well, I don't want to make less money. Well, you have control over that. right? So whatever it is that you feel like you need to do, if you're trapped in this quadrant, you need to make that decision. Quadrant two. The, mo- the first... Important strategy, schedule quadrant two activities so they won't, so they, they, or they won't get done. Minimize quadrants one, three, and four to make time for quadrant two. So this right here is the key piece of the whole activity, right? What is it that you would love to do? Like if you look at yourself and you say, from, from a self-discipline standpoint, Na- name some things for me. Work out. Work out. Be What's that? Be healthy? Be healthy? Eat healthy. I heard. Did I hear traveling? traveling excellent that is that's great what else learn to kayak well, what was that learn to kayak learn to kayak that's awesome what else how about go back to college anybody have that desire <laughs> some of us say no some of us say yes right well let me tell you what if you don't schedule it it's not going to happen right if you don't schedule time to read a book It's most likely not going to happen, unless you're a bookworm. There are a few of those I envy you. But if if you don't schedule time to make an appointment with the counselor, if to uh, make an appointment with the kayak teacher, right, to make an appointment to start the activity that you want to do, it will never happen. A A week will go by, a month will go by, a year will go by, and you'll say, man, I sure wish I was learning a second language. You need to schedule that, and you need to put a reminder. And then here's the key point. Uh, Blaine Bartell. Everybody remember him? Mm-hmm. I heard, who's heard of Blaine Bartell? first of all? Okay Does everybody know his story? Yeah. You know, the thing that stuck out to me About that story That was, I think Probably the most powerful piece of that story Was he said he used to look at himself in the mirror And say, like, I hate you But then he would also say That Christianity is not working for me But there was one thing that he was missing You remember what that was? No, it was accountability. He hid hid everything, right? And he didn't bring other people into his struggles. And therefore, it had a life of its own and it went on and on and on. And I think a lot of times we sit in church and we hear a message from pastor. This is a great message. I love it. I want to do it. And then we go home and have a barbecue or whatever, right? And it just kind of goes into the back. And we don't ever reach out to anybody and say, hey, this is what I'm struggling with. This is what I would like to accomplish. These are the weights that are holding me back. And so I would like to ask you for the accountability. Just somebody that says checks in and says, how are you doing? Are you going on date nights with your wife? Are you reading the word regularly? I have an accountability partner. One of my goals was to pray with my kids every single night. I would do it inconsistently, right? And so I asked a partner, I said, I'm going to pray with my kids every single night, even when I'm out of town. Right. So he'll text me and call me. Are you praying with your kids at night? Right. And then he in turn says he wants to go on date nights. And so I'll ask him. And I know when I don't get a response from him, like text him, don't get a response. Oh, date night's not going so good. Huh? <laughs> so uh, but we're there for each other. Right. So we're going to get a chance to do that today. So I prayed ahead of time. And a lot of people prayed that the Lord would sit you next to the right person today. And if you're not sitting next to the right person, that you'll have the courage to stand up and go get next to the right person. So next slide. And you can just kind of click through these. These are animated. If you just click till we get to, this, to the last one, which would be number six. OK, we're going to do an activity. It's not going to quite take 10 minutes. I'll explain the activity. This activity is for the second page. So we have this activity right here. Turn to the second activity. What we're going to do. Is we're going to identify one important activity, not two or three or four or five, but one important activity that you identified as important and not urgent. And then one not important and not urgent activity. Is everybody clear on that? Right? So this is something that you wrote down. You wrote down a list of things that were not urgent and not important to you, right? You also wrote down a list of things that were in quadrant two. So I want you to pick one from each category, just pick one. I want you to ask yourself this question and answer it, right? What is getting in the way? Realistically, remember like I said earlier, I I never had a checkbook on me. That's an obstacle, easy to fix, right? What obstacles do you need to remove? What is causing you to stumble? Write down these obstacles. Next, what specifically are you committing to moving forward? So we have to get very clear about what is it that we want to do. I want to wake up at 5.30 a.m. three days a week, go to the gym, and I want to lose 20 pounds. Whatever it is, I'm going to do cardio. So don't just say, I want to get healthier. Because that, that doesn't really mean much, right? We all want to be healthier, right? So let's get specific about whatever it is. Identify. One to two accountability partners, and share each item with them. That means the the one that you want to reduce, and the one that you want to start. Put a reminder in your calendar. So everybody has their iPhones, or their phones, or their flip phones. I'm looking at some. We have flip phones at least. Uh, Put a reminder in your calendar to check in with each other once a week. Okay. So, this is not just like rhetorical. When we, when we do the activity, I'm going to actually ask you to do this. Uh, and then the last two, you don't have to write anything for those two, but pray for one another regularly and take a picture of your matrix, revisit it again in six, 60 days, 90 days, and add another one. It's like wash, rinse, repeat, right? Yeah. We're going to keep climbing to a higher level. Here's the thing. One of our, uh, this, our former CEO, Howard Schultz, you know, you may not agree with his politics, I don't either, but, um, but he definitely was a great business leader. And one of the things that he said, you know what he said, um, one of the most important yet underutilized skills in the business world is? I mean, we always talk about empowerment and leadership infusing, right? These are all like catchwords. We know those things. But what do you think is one of the most Important yet underutilized skills. Take a guess. Somebody throw, throw, throw a guess out there. Time. Delegation. Yeah. Time, management. Time, management. Time management. Those are all great. But he said vulnerability. He expects vulnerability from all his leaders. Don't hide things. Be honest. And so that's what I'm saying to you guys. Be vulnerable with your buddy. Right? Right? Uh, If it's something terribly close to your heart, I mean, pick the second activity. I mean, just make this activity work for you. But do keep in mind that he who confesses and forsakes a sin shall find mercy. Right. But those that hide it, what happens? I can't remember the rest of the verse. So actually, what happens? (laughs) It's not a good thing. Right. Right. So if you acknowledge it and forsake it, then you find mercy okay so now i'm going to give you i'm not going to quite give you 10 minutes how much more time what time am i on till uh 12 just kidding Uh no. 11, okay is this is 11 20? okay oh, 11, 20. okay you're a good man i appreciate that uh so let's take let's take a few minutes now and let's fill out this and let's talk to our neighbor okay, okay go Feel free to talk to your neighbor about what is it that you want to eliminate from quadrant four and what is it that you want to add from quadrant two. How we doing? Good. We're able to. Sh- are we sharing what we want to improve and what we want to eliminate? I see a lot of and over here a lot of good conversation. Wives, now's your time to uh, get your husband on something you've really been wanting. And if anybody needs a buddy, I would encourage you to. Go, you can either add yourself to a group of two, you can have a group of three, or uh, we'll find somebody that needs a buddy. So now we have to uh, schedule a time. So we'll check a uh, ton Okay, thirty seconds. You got a you got a question, my friend? Pr- print out the pages, or okay, like to give to you guys afterwards. Yeah, that would be awesome. yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know what? I'll send this to Pastor, and then you can print it out. Is that what you were requesting? Yeah. Yeah. Not a problem. Yeah. So the question he asked is he wanted the information on those other two sheets, which, uh, which is a great idea. Um, and so my wife actually suggested that I do that, but I didn't think we would need that. But hey, great idea, dear. And so, uh, so what we'll do is we will, uh, I will send this, actually I already sent this over to uh, Dominic. If you could print out a couple of these pages, everything in here you can feel free to share. Nothing in here is proprietary. Um, so let's wrap it up. Okay. Good. So now we're on the hook to improve our lives with a buddy, right? And I noticed some of you were sitting by yourselves, and I, I really you know, have no intention of calling anybody out and making them feel uncomfortable. But I would encourage you, if you didn't get a chance to connect with a buddy, then find one, right? Otherwise, you might find yourself like uh, Mr. Bartell saying, this Christianity doesn't work for me. Well, it's because you're not, you're not working it. Right? You're not doing what the Lord said. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you might be healed. Right? Okay. Next slide. So, um, we're going to skip. We're uh, going to breeze through these activities rather quickly. But this activity, um, I'm a big believer in balance in your life. I have a, uh, I know a pastor that speaks... I can't even remember how many languages he speaks. He speaks Hebrew. He speaks uh, Greek, I believe. Um, He's probably one of the most intelligent people that I have ever met. He's been studying the word since he was um, 17, 15. Um, He weighs 600 pounds. And so he struggles. He struggles to have the energy to preach the word. He struggles when he has to do activities and meet par, you know, parishioners. And so I use that as an example. To, to, it's important to have balance in all areas of your life. We have to be healthy if we want to fulfill the Word of God, right? We have to have all areas of our life built on the Word of God. So you can't, have one area out of balance we speak all the languages and he's doing things to improve his health and i'm I'm thankful for him and he did have additional challenges i'm just using it as an example right we all have our struggles right we all have our areas where we're not balanced and so this activity is uh, for you to do on your own but it shows we need we need to have balance physical spiritual intellectual social emotional right and so the next activity you'll see and you'll see this Flip to the next slide if you would. So this is something, um, I'm a big believer in getting all, a- all aspects of the body involved, so auditory, physical, kinesthetic, right? And so this is an activity that you can actually take and cut it out, and you will write one, one goal on there, you glue it, you follow the instructions, and it forms a little triangle, right? And you put it right in your desk, and you see what's in the center. So that's the foundation, right? And then whatever goals you have written there. It's just one goal, right? Pray with my kids every night. Okay? Physical, right? Uh, continue to improve my diet. Whatever it is specifically that you're trying to do. And then I would encourage you, put it on your desk. Uh, put it somewhere. And as a reminder, like I'm committed that all my life rests on the Word of God. And I'm going to continue to rise higher in my life. So that's something for you to do. Or if you have children, have them do it. My kids did it last night. Uh, they had a lot of fun with it. So it's a great activity. Um, next slide. Okay, there's a few verses in the Bible that scare me. Um, one of them is the weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth, right? Okay, that scares me. I, I get sad at the thought of thinking of people going to hell, right? I was just thinking about that last night. I was reading Revelation, and it talks about they will have no rest day or night. And that's a scary thought for me. And I remember I was in this thing for like months where, I, where it just bothered me. But, it, you know, I can't change the word of God because it makes me uncomfortable. Right. Right? The word of God is the word of God. Another verse that scares me is, uh, didn't we do great and mighty miracles in your name? Depart from me, you workers of iniquity, I never knew you. That verse literally scares me. I actually say to myself, Lord, what can I do to not be in that category? Yeah. Right? Uh, And then this would be, this doesn't scare me as much as the other two, but it actually does scare me a bit. Um, Because we've all done things, and you see sometimes those cartoons where they do something and like nothing happens and they keep doing it. It's like, oh, I'm getting away with it, right? So you, you mistake, right? You mistake the patience and kindness of God. And so let's turn to Revelation. Revelation uh, what do we have up there two we're actually going to do 220 through 22. This is Jesus speaking to his church. but I have this complaint against you you're permitting that woman that Jezebel who calls herself a prophet to lead my servants astray. She teaches them to commit sexual sin and to eat food offered to idols and this is the key part for me. I gave her time to repent. But she does not want to turn away from her immorality. And then this is the part that scares me. Therefore, I will throw her onto a bed of suffering. And those who commit adultery with her will suffer greatly unless they repent and turn away from their evil evil deeds. So think about that. The Lord, I mean, adultery is not good, right? Right. Idol worshiping is not good. If I were God and I'm not, if I were God, it'd be like immediate. You do those things, it's like lightning, right? (laughs) (laughs) But what does he say? I gave her time to repent, right? And I think a lot of times the Lord is saying that to us. I'm giving you time to repent. Make sure you're making the most of your time, whether it's a weight or sin. The Lord's goodness, right? It leads us to repentance. The Lord gives us time and I am thankful for time. Trust me. But what's the thing about time? It runs out. Right? Time will not go on forever the way we understand it. And time for you to improve and for myself, this message is for me as much as it is for the next person, is time will run out. So make the most of your time now. So... Let's transition over into the next one. I'm gonna have to do a second session for you guys at some point, okay? I know that breaks your heart, but uh, <laughs> but um, we're not gonna get through everything today, unfortunately. But I was a bit aggressive, but hey, it is what it is. This um, we're going to. I want. I'm gonna skip reading this, but there is a memo inside there from a uh, CEO of hundred billion dollars. It's actually the the market capitalization of the company is hundred billion dollars. A Fortune 500 company. I've redacted a lot of it because I want to take out anything that's proprietary. But the point is, when you get a chance to read that, I want you to, and I highlighted it for you, I want you to notice how many times words like change, transform, adjust, learn, adapt, right? One of the most important skills to have in the business world is called, next slide, change management. And I I see this a lot at churches and in the business world. Those that don't succeed and go, continue to rise are those that cannot adapt to change and I talked to pastor pastor said "Um, we're going through a lot of change right now and I think it's important before we ever roll out change initiatives and within our company and within corporations we always teach on change management first right because it is human nature you will react a certain way we're going to do a quick activity Uh, everybody who has a wedding ring or a wristwatch humor me on this Take it off and put it on the opposite hand. Okay, don't get it stuck on the wrong finger. Okay, that's the last thing I need. But yeah, just humor me. Take take it and put it on the you put it on the opposite hand. Okay, a wrist watch. Uh, I noticed you put a different yeah you put a different necklace a different a different area maybe put it around your wrist or something. How does it feel? Awkward. 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 Wrong. Uncomfortable. Is it a sin? Nope. Okay, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. They say, well, no, we had to wear a ring on her. No, who said we had to wear a ring on her left hand? It's tradition, right? right. I'm, now, I'm not suggesting that we change that, okay? I'm just saying it's not the Bible, right? right. It's not God's word that says, Thou shalt wear thy ring finger on thy left hand, yeah. right? right? So what if Pastor said, I feel like the Lord's calling us to wear our wristwatches on our left hand and, or we are on our right hand and our rings on our right hand what would your gut reaction be you know this is rhetorical think about it what would your gut reaction be I don't wanna. probably why I don't feel comfortable doing it. Uh, it does not make sense to me and those are all valid points but there is just a natural resistance that comes up right. change the resistance is there looking for every single uh, gap that's not gonna work this is not effective yeah. we're gonna send the wrong message to the world people are gonna think we're crazy Okay, whatever you want to say, but just acknowledge, take a step back and look at that and say, what is my natural reaction to change? Right? right? Resistance. Resistance. Go, back, go back one slide. So, uh, how many of you have heard of Carrie uh, Neuhoff? Okay, Carrie Neuhoff is a well known leader, apparently not too well known, but, uh, <laughs> but um, he, he said to, to reach a changing culture, the church needs to change rapidly. Right? Don't get me wrong. We don't need to change the message, just the method. One is sacred; the other is not. <laughs> right? I thought that was a great quote, and I think um, two slides ahead. Go ahead and keep your rings on those hands. Those are, uh, my resistors have already changed. Um, God, what is God saying right here? This is God's. I am going to do something new. It is already happening. Don't you recognize it? I will clear away in the desert. I will make rivers on a dry land. Okay, listen. A lot of times my team thinks too sometimes when I'm giving them teaching that I know something (laughs) that I'm trying to get them ready for. When a lot of times it's just teaching them to make them into a general sense of readiness. I don't know what big changes are coming. I want to put that out there. Okay? I know we have to get more um, involved with the social, with the internet and so forth. Right. We do have to kind of upgrade when it comes to that but beyond that I have no idea what God is about to do my gifting is not profit okay but I do know that he is about to do something new yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. right yes. what, remember Jesus when he was looking at Jerusalem and he said Jerusalem Jerusalem how many times I wanted to bring you in like a some kind of animal analogy right some chick, chicken gathers her hands yeah thank you But what did he say? You wouldn't let me. You wouldn't let me. So there's two things I want. The Lord is doing something new on the earth. And you don't have to be involved. It's your choice. Are you going to resist it right off the bat? Or are you going to be open to it? Remember, one is sacred and one is not. Next verse. This is what the Holy Spirit says. Today, and I love this, not if, but when. Today, when you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. Who's he talking to right now? He's talking to unbelievers or believers? He's talking to believers, right? This is Hebrews. He's talking to the Hebrews. They were believing Hebrews. And so he's telling believers, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled, when they tested me in the wilderness. There, your ancestors tested and tried my patience, even though they saw my miracles for 40 years. So I was angry with them and I said, their hearts always turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. Remember, the religious people of the day, this is the thing that I always think about. The religious people of the day were the, the Pharisees, the scribes, right? And then, of course, Jesus came on the scene, and there's the ones that rejected him. And we look back on it and we say, those, those hypocrites, those, those uh, Jews. Here's the question Who are the religious people of today? We are. We are. So that's why we have to always pause and reflect and say, wait a second. Could I ever fall into that category? Uh, that's good. <laughs> I could. So just be, this is about awareness, right? Uh, yeah. Awareness about, I almost, I almost put together a, uh, a, an assessment for how, how do you naturally respond to change. And we can do that in another time if you're interested in that. But the point is, the key is just to be aware of the fact that most likely you will resist the change. Now, n- not unless they say, you know, we just discovered that chocolate is great. You need to eat it every day. Okay, you probably would embrace that change. But most changes are not going to be like that, right? No. I just moved here from Los Angeles. It has been a transition, <laughs> right? It's been a transition for my wife. We are still in the transition, yeah. right? And so uh, there are times where I have to remind myself, oh, the Lord didn't call me to comfort, actually. Right. So I might be in the right spot. Next slide. Why is change so hard? This is a business model that is used that a lot of businesses are starting to adapt. It's called the elephant and the rider. So, from, the, from your perspective, you have both the elephant and the rider. Who has seen this analogy before or heard of it? This is the kind of the hottest new thing in the business world. So, we have a lot of times where we approach change from a rational perspective like well okay here's the benefits the vision the mission i understand like i understand the reason why so therefore i'm ready to make my changes right well you're forgetting about the elephant okay the elephant is the emotions let's say the rider is the logical person the logical mind the elephant is the emotions let's say the rider is on the elephant and they're walking and he logically sees i want to go to from point a to point b and all of a sudden a snake or an alligator or a pterodactyl. I don't know. Some crazy animal <laughs> pops up out of nowhere and the elephant stops. Yeah. I, can, I can guarantee you that no matter what that rider does, that elephant is not moving. He can get off and push him. He can whip him. He can talk to him, but he will not move forward. And this is the important piece, especially when we're working with people. Everybody has that elephant, right? That's why we did the activity prior. How can we... Because all these non-important, non-urgent activities in your life, they're creating stress. They're, crea- they're taking up bandwidth in your brain, right? They are, they're causing you to think about, uh, I wish I wasn't doing this. I wish I would do that more. Oh, you know, when can I stop this activity? I need to do this more. That's all taking up energy, right? And a lot of times people, they don't change for the simple reason. I tell my people, this, they just don't have the energy to change. It's not really that. It's not rocket science, Spock. It, they just don't have the energy to change. You're asking them to make a big change, and they're going to have to change their whole routine, and it's going to take gray matter, and they just don't have the energy. So we have to start with first understanding, and second, you have to get the other parts of their life in order. Right? So I want to make sure that we're clear on that. Next slide. Um, so, this is on the left side how we feel before the change and during the change. On the right side is how we feel after the change, right? Sometimes we never get too excited. I was talking about this with my wife. We don't love every change, but we will get to an acceptance place, right? right? We will get at least to a place of peace about it where you've kind of, yeah, I wouldn't have done it that way, but I can accept it. Uh, and you can see the benefit when you think a bigger picture. Some changes are exciting. You're starting to see progress maybe in your diet. You're starting to see progress in your health. And you're saying, ah, I can do this actually. And then it's, so that becomes exciting, right? Or I'm reading the word every day and I'm actually starting to hear from the Holy Spirit. So it's like, I can see these things in my life. So some of them do produce excitement. Some of them are like, it's a big organizational change. They wanted you to wear your, your ring on your left hand. You don't see the reason why, but I've accepted it, right? So, but the goal right here is to push through the activity. I'm sorry, push through Push through the discomfort. I was reading activity. So we're not going to get a chance to do this activity. But here's what I would encourage you to do. Maybe with your buddy at another point. Think about a change you're going through right now. Any change. Uh, Are people in here going through change? Or am I in the wrong group? Okay. We're always going through change. Right? It's like taxes. Right? It's the only thing in life that's 100%. Right? You're You're going through some kind of change. Talk to your buddy about it. Right, where are you at in the change? And be honest. You know, I I had a chance to talk to my wife recently about certain changes, and we we both acknowledge we're right now in loss of expertise or loss of status or we're in frustration or we're in denial. Right? And so it's always good to identify wherever you're at. So these activities really are for you to self-assess and to continue to grow in the area of change management. Right? These these are foundational skills that I want you to have as leaders moving forward, because Uh, Pastor Max said it great, right? We're all leaders in here, right? And so we need to have these foundational skills. One is maximizing our time. The other is managing change, right? And these are the foundational skills that will allow you to continue to grow.